morning. Welcome to We Are Driven Podcast, where we discuss the pursuit of excellence in business, fitness, and cars. My name is Arun Kumar. I'm the driver, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Dan LaRue. How are you, Dan? I'm doing great. Good morning, listeners. Uh, Arun, you really threw me off with a good morning, considering it's 3.30 in the afternoon for me right now. It's so, still, uh, thank, still thank the morning. You for, yeah, no, it's, I, mo- it's morning for the listeners who wake up and listen to this podcast, which we hope you are. They're released at 4 a.m., and if you win the morning, you win the day, and if you listen to this podcast, then you are winning. I think there, there you have it. That's that's why we have to say good morning. <laughs> yeah. So it always throws me off. You know, it's the middle of the afternoon. I'll be winding down shop soon. So nah, good morning. <laughs> um, good morning. Good morning. Yeah. Good morning. <laughs> so, welcome to episode 38. And I want to start with a few little little updates here. So two podcasts ago, two weeks ago, we talked about building out fleets of vehicles and also talked about the suburban legal situation I'm going through with a dealership, which has an update to it. I got a call last week from a blocked caller ID and it was the DMV investigator that's been assigned to my case. And he seems very biased against shady used car dealerships. <laughs> ah. So it bodes well for, for me. And he is trying to track down their state required bond information so that I can file a claim against their bond. And he is going to meet with them this week to discuss the transaction, see if there is any facts that I have misunderstood that they can have a defense for, but we already know they're in violation of at least one thing, which is great, which really puts me in a position of a lot of leverage. So I'm happy about that. Uh, The other one I got a water pump installed on my Passat project car this weekend. About time. I have three knuckles bloodied and dirt under all of my fingernails, and I have been doing manual work. And I'm proud of myself. There you go. <laughs> so I wanted to share that with everybody. Uh, I It's the first time that that car has had a belt on it since I've owned it. And uh, so now I'm aware that the power steering works and the alternator works, which is great. Those are important systems on a car that are kind of required for safe driving and they work. So I'm happy about that. And uh, lastly, we have a closing date for the next move for driven automotive companies. Hey, which means for this news, too. (laughs) It's been, yeah, this has been a long time coming. I've been working on a, on a deal since March to get back into business acquisitions and uh, running a business without any partners. And I'm excited. I'm excited for what that entails and, and to just get back into the swing of things and kind of day-to-day business operations. Because while I'm a business owner right now and an entrepreneur and have my consulting firm and my subcontracting work with an investment bank that takes up a lot of my time. 
it's not what I know I am supposed to be doing. And so I'm moving back in that direction with the, the big long-term vision. I'm excited for that. Do you have any updates, Dan? Anything you want to talk? How's, how's the transition going over there? Um, it would probably be going easier if I didn't take a day off on Friday, but, uh, yeah, I went on vacation, everybody. It happens. Took a day off. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, it's going okay. Just trying to play catch up and make sure that I have all the data I need to give uh, give the main business owner uh, all the data that he needs to make sure that the company is actually making money. And if it's not, how do, <laughs> how do we correct it? So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's a process. Um, but otherwise, not, not a ton of updates other than um i have some fun facts uh the uh, insurance data list of most accident prone vehicles came out okay. and um you'll never guess what what car leads number one is it a mustang no is it an ultima nope okay i give up uh an at fault accident rate at 11 Point seven percent. What is the Audi? Okay. The Audi S four is number <laughs> one, and I own one. <laughs> so it it blows my mind that it's at fault, considering that car will lock up on you if it thinks it's going <laughs> to crash into something. Blows my mind. Interesting. So yeah, that's most accidents so far in twenty twenty three. They it has an eleven point seven percent. So how does at that fault accident rate? How does that percentage work? I you know. don't know. I haven't read through the entire article yet, but uh, it's uh, yeah, it's the Audi S4, then the Scion IA, which I didn't know it was even in America. Uh, Chevrolet Vol, Hyundai Veloster N, Toyota GR86, <laughs> Subaru WRX, Subaru XV, Silverado, the Nero, and the Impreza. So it's an interesting list because only a few of the cars on there are sort of enthusiast cars that you would the, expect. The Veloster be- N, the GR86, the WRX, yeah. What are you, yeah, and the S4. Yeah, and the S4. But first of all, is it? it's not pronounced Veloster, is it? Uh, Velo- I don't know. Veloster? I don't yeah, know. Pretty sure. I, I gave up on trying to figure that one out. <laughs> but, like, but is I, it Hyundai or Hyundai? Yeah, but what, what, what bothers me with this article is, is that they have an MSRP base model price for an S4 at $51.9. i am calling horse shit on that. I don't know where you got that data from. <laughs> There's no way you're paying fifty one grand for one. Because base MSRP is 70 or something like that? I paid 62 for mine two, uh, two years ago. Let's see here. We're Googling this. <laughs> now you have it to starts know, huh? at, It starts at 52800 Yeah, you never, you'd never pay that. Never. Before a $1,095 destination charge. Uh, uh-huh, yeah. You'll, <laughs> you would never pay $51,900. All right. All right. Anyway, that was my fun fact of the day. Uh, that was, you know, car-related. <laughs> I like it. I just, saw, I just saw my car, and I'm like, what? Have you found a, uh, a tall three-car garage house with a house attached to it yet that you guys might move into? Uh, yeah, I found one better, but it was way too expensive. Was it a four-car garage with like a double stack 
then I pack th- lift. I it. I think it was eight doors. Oh, is a three and a half million dollar house? And what the what was in the photos was even better. And I will I will find this for you and send it to you. This is disappointing that a three and a half million dollar house gets you that much out there. Yeah, yeah. That gets you a good school district over here. That's uh, about it. Wait, wait till you see what's in the garage, Arun. But I'll, let me find this post for you, and I'll, I'll send it to you. But anyway, just keep going with whatever you got. I'll hunt this down and get it to you. <laughs> oh, boy. And Evelyn just texted me and said the gardeners are here, so this podcast may get very interesting soon. Sweet. Some audio we'll, texture. We'll do Thank our you. best to to work around the uh, the leaf blowers. And Yep, I see them in the backyard. Okay, we're going to have Perfect. fun here. Perfect. All right, so the goal of this podcast is to – really show that education never stops and that one of the core values of we are driven is always raising standards. And it's crucial that one of the ways in which you practice that standard and that core value is by seeking education constantly in your life. We're, we're never done here. And if you're not seeking and consuming education, that's relevant to you in many different forms, then you're really missing out on, first of all, all of the sort of continuing knowledge that comes from continuing education and becoming better as an operator in your life. But on top of that, education makes you open-minded. And if you are seeking education, then what you're doing really is you're opening your mind to say, I might not know everything yet, which frankly, if you think you know everything, start like rewind your life a little bit and figure out when you decided that and then go punch yourself in the face at that time and say, no, you don't know everything yet. And then come back to the present with an open mind. Cause that's really the first step to all of this is you're not going to even hear what I have to say right now. If you aren't open-minded about the fact that there's more for you to learn. So the solution to being closed-minded and just not learning anything, not getting any better, is to just keep pursuing education in every form in which that it comes. And so that's really what we're going to talk about here today is the fact that education comes in many different forms and there are many different types of content that you really should be consuming in order to get a really well-rounded and useful and valuable skill set that you need in order to one, raise your standards and two, be a contributing and valuable member of society. How's the, uh, the lawnmower? Oh, I can hear it. Oh, good. All right. We're having fun then. Yeah. (laughs) Appreciate everybody listening along through the lawnmower. That's just what you got to deal with in real life. Sometimes we're going to push through it. Hey, you know, focused, you know, it's okay. I give them some audio texture sometimes when I forget to unplug my phone. So at least that's short term. I mean, yeah. my, uh, what is it? I think I've got like a 2.5 acre backyard. Oh yeah. So we'll be here for a while. I'm kidding. I don't have a 2.5 acre backyard. <laughs> I, I think my say. whole house is on like a quarter of an acre. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so the reason for this specific podcast is because with the, incoming change to driven automotive companies and the fact that we're about to acquire another business and get to work in a somewhat new environment to to what that company is pushing for 
I have a lot of learning to do. And in having a lot of learning, the thing that I am trying to force myself to do is seek not only different types of skills, some of which I am more excited to learn about than others, but also different types of sources that I may or may not have used in the past so that I get both a really diverse range of educational platforms and sources, but also so that I really see what all is out there in terms of perspectives and keeping an open mind. Because again, if you don't have an open mind and you know, I'm not going to dive into this topic right now, it's for another podcast, but open-mindedness goes a very, very long way in being the best version of yourself that you can be. Because if you stagnate and you think you are already that best version of yourself that you can be, you're going to miss out on continuing progress and continuing revelations to yourself of new ways in which you can become better. And they always exist. So first, I want to talk about basically the different avenues of learning here. And I think what's key about this is basically you're you're thinking about different areas of your life in which you can learn. So the first one's obvious is job skills. This is really what you go to your, you know, university trade school and your whole, you know, kindergarten through high school life is learning how to do the technical stuff that makes you good at jobs of any kind, really. So whether it's, you know, you're just talking about math and and writing, or you're talking about more specific skills, like, I don't know, welding, accounting, medicine, all different kinds of topics here. Operations management, if you're Dan, (laughs) maybe. (laughs) Did you go, did you have any, did you have any formal education that, gave you skills that you use in your job now. All right. I have a, I'll answer this question with a question. Okay. Where do you pick up additional job skills if you didn't go to university? On the job. That's the, the but yeah. So, so you're, you're learning it on the job, but in what way, in your opinion is the most beneficial way to get those skills? Is it having a mentor or is it just like doing repeated actions over and over again? You know, what what would a rune like in that situation? <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of get where you're going with this. I, I made something today to this effect. So it's key to have, I think, both a a mentor or a, like a leader, really, who is guiding you through your understanding of the process and giving you the sort of rich understanding that does not get written down because there's just so many different variations to it that you cannot write all of them down. Mm -hmm. But on top of that, I think what's neglected, especially in smaller businesses is documented processes and documented knowledge that can be more systematized and repeated such that it can be written down and then and then distributed to new employees just to be read. Yeah, uh, 100%. As somebody who has picked up 99% of their job skills on the job with no formal like post-high school education, um, I had uh, one fantastic mentor for the first, I don't know, 
five-ish years of being in the business. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, some, some ancillary ones that were, you know, not heavily involved in my life. Um, like, like the one, uh, but yeah, and then just doing those repeated processes for me, having a mentor, being able to kind of give me some of the extra intricacies to the job. Um, now going through um, a different level of management style as I've gotten older, now it is all about writing down the processes for the person who is going to eventually replace me. Okay, there you go. And I think I I've also had mentors, but my career path obviously looks a little bit different than yours, where I went into a really big company right after college. In college, I worked for small companies where there was a lot of sitting in another person's office and getting my hand held and taking what I learned in the classroom and bringing it into the work. But it was either kind of no guidance where I really did need it or no written guidance where it would have helped supplement the work that somebody else was having to do in guiding me through the process where they have had, they had to do a lot of the basics that could have been done by somebody having written it down. So interesting point, but now I think where I want to take this, Dan, is that there are a lot of skills that you can learn outside of formal education. Oh yeah. In this category of job skills. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so I remember, I think it was about a year and a half ago, two years ago, I was kind of in the midst of figuring out new skill sets that I could bring to my clients with Driven Performance Advisors. And I went really deep on lean manufacturing and Six Sigma. Do you know much about those? Nope. Let's hear it. Do you want to? <laughs> yeah. Dive me in. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, we're not going to dive. We're going <laughs> to skim the surface. How about Perfect. that? We'll, it's like skipping rocks, you know? We're going to skip a couple times. That's a terrible analogy. Anyway, yeah. so, so Six Sigma and Lean Manufacturing are basically both operational methodologies, operational improvement methodologies that prescribe very precise observational criteria that you go into a process and figure out how to do it repetitively in the most efficient way possible. Does that make sense? So where you have, especially in Toyota did this. So Toyota, if you save one second in a manufacturing process, but you manufacture that part 3000 times a day, that's saving you several minutes, hours, 3,000 divided by 60, <laughs> saving you a lot of time. It's saving you a ton of minutes every day. And you do that across every single one of probably dozens of processes or, or hundreds of processes in the manufacturing process of a car. And you're getting a car off the production line significantly faster. And then also, just as important in Six Sigma is the idea of repeatability. So if you have a process that you need to do over and over and over again, you want to make sure that there's as little variability in that result as possible so that you can do it both efficiently and consistently. So 
in applying Six Sigma and lean manufacturing ethos to your operations, what you're doing is you're taking every single process that's repeated in your company and making it as high quality, efficient, and consistent as possible. I think those were some good skips we took. Yeah. Yeah, that and, worked. And so where I learned about Six Sigma was I downloaded a few free PDF guides from different consultants that apply Six Sigma in companies. And I watched YouTube videos. But that was it. And I was able to take the principles of it and really tailor them to the companies that I work with. And yeah, I'm not a black belt in Six Sigma. I haven't gone through this six-week certification course. But generally speaking, I can take the knowledge and the principles of it and apply them to my clients. And that's all that I felt was really needed. And I now have a new job skill that I learned independent of any sort of formal education in order to do my job better and provide more value to my clients. So there are a ton of different examples of job skills and opportunities to learn new job skills to become more valuable both to your current employer or your, your company that you're working on, but also to your peers and your subordinates, people that work for you. Because I think two of the most important job skills are leadership and management. And again, I'm early enough in my career that these two have not played as big of a role as I know they will continue to as we both progress through our careers. I mean, Dan, how many people work for you now? Um, we have, well, I'm counting them out. <laughs> there are roughly 30 sit sales routes underneath of us without counting them all. So, and that doesn't include like helpers or assistants or anything like that. That's just main sales routes with, you know, one, one guy attached to it. Some of these routes are two people and we're getting another one soon. Another. Yeah. Route or another yeah. Route? We're going to open up a new route at the end of July. So, so then you'll have 38, 36, 37. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, <laughs> six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five, twenty-six, twenty-seven, twenty-eight, twenty-nine, thirty. Yeah, so thirty, thirty main routes are underneath of uh, a coworker and, and I. Okay, and so you're doing a lot of management. Yes, through the days, which is great because. It's a, it's a skill that you're you're enabling those people to do their jobs better. That's really what it comes down to. And I know like in your setting, these are people you don't really see all the time. Like you're interacting with them over the phone most of the time, right? Oh, yeah. Or uh, emails. There, there are only three that are out of the Omaha headquarters. And even then, I don't see them that often. Right, because they're on the road. Yeah, so your your managerial skill set actually looks quite unique compared to maybe somebody who works in a fast food restaurant and they're a store manager or they're a regional manager with six stores and they're just going around every day to all the stores and actually seeing the people face to face. Yeah, and I would say as like growing up in my professional career, that was extremely difficult early on. Mm -hmm. uh, 
mostly because it's hard to get it's hard to get the respect, you know, especially as a young gun coming in and sure. and you know you're dealing with some of the guys that have been in the business for 10, 15 years in some cases and and gaining the trust and respect from them it is really difficult when you're doing it over the phone and via email or text or, you know, whatever your communication style is. Yeah. And well, yes. So here's one kind of twist to that though, is when you are remote and doing all this stuff remote, did you still find people were kind of writing you off for being young? Uh, in some cases, yeah. But it was people that kind of knew you or like, how did they figure out even how old you were or how experienced you were? I think it was just because I was the freshest person in the office with not a huge staff. Hmm. Uh, it wasn't too hard to, to figure out. I see. And so. also, I guess if you're kind of demonstrating mm-hmm. stuff yeah, you, that you don't well, know. <laughs> well, that, that and, you know, I, I, I'm really candid with my sales guys. So mm-hmm. like I, I try and build a relationship. I tell them who I am and sure, yeah. how old I am and you know, all that. So like I, I'm pretty upfront right off the bat. Got it. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Whether they well, like that or not. I mean, whatever. So, right. I mean, at the end of the day, like this is, this is key though. Like your, your management and your leadership ability really does rest on your relationships with the people that you work with. And in the case of them saying it can be hard to get respect at it from a, from a young age growing up into a managerial role in a business, that's where those relationships become really, really important to your success. Cause if you don't have them and you don't try to build them, then you're going to fail. Yeah, and even if like there's a clear personality clash, and you will have that, uh, just finding some sort of common ground where you can agree on something, or maybe it's a hobby that you both can talk about, like just something, especially yeah. if you're working remote. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so job skills, the technical stuff. It's it's what makes you good at what you do at work and, and provide value there. Those are the kind of skills that you should be educating yourself on. The next category, personal skills. Now, this one is basically you as an individual operating in your life as a whole more generally than just at work and doing that to the best of your ability. And so there are a few categories here. I think I've tried to keep it really vague because honestly, you can go really deep into specific areas here, but I think on the surface, it's really just a couple of areas that this is really important. The first one's obvious. We talk about it here all the time, health and wellness. Health and wellness is is just going to be your your fitness, your nutrition, your sleep, and your environment. And this is both mental and physical health. What can you do to be the best version of yourself in health possible. That's kind of not the best way to explain it, I guess, but you know, it's, it's straightforward. We've talked about it. This a ton health and fitness. It's just how, how good are you at, at being a, a living human? <laughs> <laughs> that one, obviously tons of, of different resources online. 
or in the world to become better and more proficient at health and fitness. The next one is just productivity, time management. Again, we're talking personal skills here. So this is one that really transcends just work, even though it's totally applicable to work. If you can't make breakfast in the morning fast enough, then you're going to fall short of your abilities at work because you're late to work, you're rushing in, you can't build relationships with people, you're sleepy, you haven't had coffee, whatever it is, your productivity is decreased for the day because you had a shitty morning. And the same goes for when you're at work. If you're not prioritizing what needs to be done and when it needs to be done, then your your personal life is going to struggle as well. And you're, you're working late into the night. You're not sleeping enough. Your family's not happy with you. Whatever it is, productivity goes both ways. It's both a personal skill and a work skill. And then the last one I put on here, super vague again, just to kind of capture everything that I believe fits into this category is daily actions. And this is habits. And we've talked about habits before that your ability to do things repetitively, good things for you repetitively is really what can set you apart competitively as a, as a human in the world. That if you're doing the right stuff on a daily basis, then you're going to be successful. And this is things like meditation. This is things like visualization. This is things like journaling, gratitudes, you know, whatever your spirituality practice is, those are the sort of habits that I think fall into that category and educating yourself on how those work and how they can benefit you goes a long way in your personal skills in your life. And again, we're talking about here how to build skills through education that really create more value in your life and and have you living by the standard, by the core value of always raising standards. Do you have anything else you'd want to add to that one? Personal skills? Um, I don't know. Personal skills. I feel like it's such an easy one to hone if like you're really cognizant uh, about yourself and, you know, the actions that you're doing. Uh, but you have to you have to ha- be cognizant. To understand like, hey, uh, well, well, if you're not doing something fast enough, like making breakfast in the morning, like if you're not fast enough to do it, you need to know that, oh, maybe I should wake up a little bit earlier so I can make that breakfast. And and so actually to that point, there's so much self-awareness that comes into this one beyond just Mm -hmm. the job skills. Right. Job skills is kind of easy to know when you're not good at something. (laughs) Right. Yeah. On a personal side, it's like, well, how do I do something that might be able to what daily action can help me be five minutes faster, but also better at the same time throughout my day. And actually, so, you know, one of the coolest parts of this is to see when, you know, people don't have a very neat work environment or car. Actually, that's really what I'm saying is people who, who can't keep it together in their personal life and they have like a messy car it it reflects in in how they come to work and they show up in their lives. Do you have do you, you agree with that? 
Um, yes. Do you have a messy I, car? No, I. You know I don't. Uh, <laughs> someone else in my life does sometimes. Hey, you know, same here. <laughs> yeah. So, so, like, I'm trying to be like, uh, this is like one of those topics. I'm like, kind of, but not really. For the the first um, of Evelyn's birthdays that we had as a couple, so like four months into our relationship, I think she had a birthday. And what I did for her birthday was I cleaned out her car. I think I found 11 pairs of shoes in the car. Dude, I, yeah. She's better now. She's gotten a lot better. Uh, yeah. Just dude, the it, awareness it, of living dude, it's, with me. It's, it's the kid stuff now. Oh, yeah. That does Yeah. There's probably, there was probably, there's probably at least 10 stuffed animals in that car prior to this weekend so that's that's why i got the suburban though yeah that's why i wanted just a kid car because i don't want the edge is just a kid car but it's like girl right it 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 operates as a kid car yeah sure yeah okay yeah so personal skills you need a bit more self-awareness to know where to seek out education for these skills but there's areas in your life, there's areas in both of our lives where we can continue to get better, whether it's your health and fitness and it's getting in better shape, it's sleeping better, it's being more efficient and productive, it's finding better habits that enable us to be more successful, happier, whatever it is, less stressed out. There's all sorts of stuff that falls into this category that you can focus on. And if you are my father, for example, he is super into this stuff. He's very, very into all of the mental health. He's a therapist. He's a mental health professional. He's done this for decades. The key is that he's got multiple bookshelves just full of literature on the subject of being good at taking care of your mental health. It's it's actually kind of awesome to think about just you know how much he has educated himself on that topic that he uses all of it in his own life, but also he is a professional that can use everything that he's learning in his job. So he's got the dual purpose education there, which I think is very awesome. So the next group of skills is mindset. This one is kind of the opposite of personal skills, very finite list in here that I believe captures pretty much everything that falls into mindset. Maybe Dan disagrees and we can discuss it, but goal setting, wealth, success, but then also coping with your emotions fits into this category. And so coping with your emotions is is a bigger one where basically what I'm saying is, you know, for example, we are driven talks about something called the brick wall mindset. And this is where I find myself in modes sometimes where all I want to do is solve a problem. And it means that nothing will stand on my, in my way. And so the brick wall mindset really says, I'm going to run through any challenge that comes my way, whatever it is. I'm going to run through it because I have all the power and all the energy on my side. And I'm going to just bust down every brick wall I come across and nothing is going to stop me. It's an awesome mindset to have. And 
for some who that does not come naturally to, where for me, it's other types of mindsets that don't come naturally for me. For others, it might be this one. And if that is a problem for you, then you can join the Driven Network and go listen to the lecture that we did on the brick wall mindset. And we may do it again sometime. And I mention it in our, in our motivational messages sometimes. If you consume content on the brick wall mindset, you will begin to develop a brick wall mindset and you will recognize when it happens to you and you will be able to augment that feeling inside of yourself such that it benefits you. And the same goes for everything else in this category, whether it's success or goal setting or other types of, well, I'm generalizing by saying that and fall into it, other types of of mindset education you want to develop exactly the sort of mindset that you believe you should have in order to live your best life. So actually, now that I've just said that, I mean, it opens up a whole can of worms on what else you could learn for mindset. So I'm going to stop there and see what Dan has to say. Well, just start. I don't I don't disagree with you. OK, uh, uh, but my my brick wall is 100 percent anger and. So, so, uh, I, I sympathize with, with, you know, the mindset skills probably the most because, you know, when I come to work, I want to have the best possible mindset to do the best possible job. And, uh, anger is definitely the one that I struggle with the most and I'm experiencing it as we're on this podcast. It's not the podcast. It's just, you know, stuff around me in my, you know, galaxy Stuff around me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, in your so, in your galaxy or in the room that you're sitting in, uh, my cell phone texts. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. yeah, well, turn that frown upside down. Oh yeah, I'm I'm living through it, and it's uh, it'll get fixed. It's not like we're not saving lives over here, and that's what I have to tell myself. Say, hey, no one's going to die today from the work that I'm doing. <laughs> this can all be fixed. Okay, and so sorry to interrupt. Here is a huge point on the value of education. When you find yourself in that kind of situation where you're stressed out about the outcome of something that's going wrong, which kind of sounds like where you're at right now, mm-hmm. one of the best, best, best solutions to that feeling is education. Because when you learn all of the ways that you need to know to solve that problem, and then you have the experience to apply those solutions, and then you see that they work, you never have that stress again. Because So as an example, I remember the first time that an employee filed unemployment from my company, and it stressed me the hell out because I thought... I don't really know how this works. In California, you have a chance to appeal whether or not the person is 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 eligible for workers' comp, not workers' comp, for unemployment. And once you make that appeal, then the state decides, okay, we're going to start paying out your contributions to state unemployment insurance or we're not. And you, the, the person is, um, the person is going to have to find their own way. So now 
when the first time that happened to me, it was extremely stressful. And I thought, oh no, I'm going to run out of unemployment insurance. And then I'm going to start have to have, start to have to pay this person's salary out, even though they're not working for me anymore. And I filed the appeal and I read a bunch of legislature and it was super stressful. And I, I filed the appeal and it was rejected. And I thought, oh no, I'm screwed. Now, nothing ever came of it because what I learned when talking to somebody in the unemployment office, it turns out that unemployment insurance will last for a very long time. They're not getting their full compensation through that plan for you. And generally speaking, you'll be okay. So the next time that somebody filed unemployment insurance, unemployment claim with my company because I have fired multiple people. So this has happened before multiple times. The second time somebody did it, it was fine. I just said, okay, I know what's happening here. And also the notice coming in the mail wasn't that big of a deal. So anyways, the point being there, the first time you go through any stressful situation, obviously it's going to be stressful. If you educate yourself on contingency planning and and identify and arm yourself with the solutions that you need to have in order to solve any sort of potential risks and issues that come up, you're in a way better spot. And as soon as you have that experience under your belt, you recognize that this is something that you'll be able to get over. So now that I've lectured you for (laughs) for five minutes, I think like... Does that resonate that that when you educate, you arm, you're arming yourself against those sort of scenarios? Oh, yeah. You have to you have to learn from each situation and apply that for when it happens again. And especially when it comes to anger, because then you won't be as angry because you're like, oh, I've dealt with this before. I can handle it and not find my brick wall. Right. And and I think when somebody else does something that's a screw up is is a complete leadership scenario that requires a certain sort of leadership skill set to address <clears throat> and then and then your mindset becomes yeah my my problem that i am working through that requires the brick wall mindset is that i i become better at leadership I think that's that's how I would approach that. Okay. So the last category here, anecdotes. And I really like this one and I've started using it more as I continue to accumulate more differing entrepreneurship experiences. Autobiographies, especially from people you respect that have taken a path that you want to take in life are very, very valuable. And so I think one of the best ones that I really enjoyed was shoe dogs. The, um, Phil Knight, the founder of Nike, he, he, uh, wrote shoe dogs, which is basically about how the blue ribbon shoe company, I think it was called (laughs) starts up in Oregon, and has all sorts of financial and supply chain issues. And the guy's flying to Tokyo on a, on a shoestring budget and he's got no money. Everything's really stressful. His, he can't make payroll. He's getting evicted from his house. All the things happening. And 
those kind of stories really shape my mindset and my expectations during the hardest times of work. And to say, nope, somebody else has made it through something that's harder than this, or somebody else has overcome this kind of challenge. Those are my favorite lessons to get out of those books. So it's less about skill sets in that case. And it's more about lessons and experience that you're borrowing from somebody else. And those are huge, huge resources that I really recommend people get into. Do you have a favorite set of autobiographies or anything like that? Um, no, not definitely not in the sense that you do. Um, but right. I mean, I think I think you you find examples of that, you know, in everyday life, like when you see like these big companies, they all borrow ideas and processes from each other. Yeah, it was, no, it was no different than when Henry Ford made the assembly line and then all these other car manufacturers did the same thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like those processes, you know, they're, they're often copied and and they're the same as what they copied it from or they copy it and they enhance it and it makes it better. Uh, you know, kind of like that reverse engineering kind of mindset. Yeah. that And yeah, reverse engineering is a really good way to put it that if you're kind of robbing from somebody when they're not putting it out there, like in a book or anything, you do need to kind of figure out the process and development to get to this finished product stage that you're seeing from your competitor or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I want to quickly just touch on the sources for these types of skill sets. So those are the skill sets. That's, if we're talking about education, we're talking about job skills, we're talking about personal skills, mindset, and then anecdotes where you're borrowing from other people's experience. This is how you're going to continue to live the core value of always raising standards. This is how you are going to keep your mind open to becoming better in every way that you can. And this is how you continue to live the driven ways, driven mindset. So the sources. These are not in any specific order. This is just how I wrote them down. <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> They're how I wrote them down. So, you know, this is kind of the way in which I was thinking about it as I was yeah. writing up the podcast. But the first is YouTube. And I love YouTube. Me <laughs> too. Just, that's just how it, how it is. And people have put so much free knowledge on YouTube in really entertaining and educational formats that you absolutely need to take advantage of 100% today. Go watch a YouTube video. <laughs> yeah. I mean, whether it's a, uh, like an actual class, you know, style video, or right. if it's learning how to fix your furnace, which I do once a year, you, you look up the YouTube video on how to fix your furnace once a year. Yeah. Cause usually, the, <laughs> usually the, the temp or the flame sensor, likes to shit out on me the, the pilot light no it, it's it's literally this metal stick oh. that sticks into the flame and it detects whether or not there's a flame on it and the okay. ones that the ones for my furnace are absolutely junk and I, and I always forget how to take it out that's funny yeah i think yeah i used it for the water filter on my fridge to the same yeah. effect yeah mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm going to forget that one, though. That one was really easy. <laughs> yeah. 
anyways, go to YouTube, watch some watch some YouTube videos that are educational. There's plenty of junk on there also that'll just rot your brain. So you got to be careful. Yeah, look out for the dopamine. Look out, yeah, and the funny cat videos. Books. This is probably the obvious one here. Books. Amazon has a lot of books that you can read. And I heard a very interesting recommendation once that I'll pass on here. If you want to become an expert in a topic, search that topic on Amazon, sort books by most highly rated, and then buy the top five and read them. Have you ever heard, have you heard that I one? I think I've heard something similar, at least something along those lines. Yeah. So I did that with independent strategy consulting right when I started and that really helped me shape how I ran my business in those early days. That was always a really cool educational opportunity for me to just immediately learn the best business model to go off of for consulting. And it saved me so much pain. I know it did along the way where I never worked by the hour. I never, I don't know, let's see, I never build after the fact, just all kind of really, really valuable stuff that has enabled me to be very smoothly successful in my consulting business. Google. Duh. Do Need I say more about Google? <laughs> yeah, be careful with Google because sometimes the answers you get aren't the ones that you want. Can you give me an example? <laughs> Uh, I mean, specifically, I, I mean, I'm just going to use this as an example, but, uh, you know, those questions about your personal health, um, Dr. Google isn't always mm. right. <laughs> well, yeah. So both for WebMD and for Googling how to lose weight or stuff like that, it's going to tell you to take whatever that pharmaceutical is for losing weight, which is not what we recommend here. Yeah, we, we, uh. We don't recommend, you know, searching why does my calf hurt after you work out and then Google <laughs> telling you that you, you're going to have to have a leg amputation. Yeah, like, calf <laughs> cancer. So, <laughs> so just make sure that you're super specific and going to the correct websites um, that are going to give you the most truthful answer possible. Yeah. And also, yeah, validate the, validate the information you get from other sources as well can be useful. Otherwise, yes, Google's great, especially if you find <laughs> the right the right organizations putting out good quality content off of Agreed. a Google search. Yeah. Yes, totally. Okay, your network pretty straightforward. If you've got people in your network that you think you can ask really kind of nuanced valuable questions to, have at it. They're people are bound to help you. And here's another plug for the Driven Network. Your network, including the one that you access by joining the driven network can absolutely help you with all sorts of different questions that you may have, whether it's business or fitness, cars, whatever else, your network, and especially the driven network, this is sounding like an ad enough yet, yeah. is, is going to be extremely valuable to you. So think about that when you're trying to find more kind of nuanced, ungoogleable information. Formal training, so, you know, well, well, well beyond your formal university education or anything like that. There's tons of training out there, whether free or paid. Any industry you want to go to, there are people putting on training events because they make for great marketing platforms. So people that are doing training generally will have something to sell you, but don't let that 
dissuade you from getting the information that they are putting out there for you because it's super valuable. This is huge in the automotive shop owner world. There's coaching and training everywhere you look and a lot of it is free. And so I've been able to learn a ton. I've, I've got decades of shop ownership experience under my belt, despite not having decades of shop ownership experience under my belt, just because of all the training that's out there. I yeah. absolutely believe that. Yeah. Especially like a lot of the free seminars that are yeah. you know, around our, our universe. I mean, I've also done paid training through the automotive industry with a Dale Carnegie class, a Dale Carnegie leadership class. <laughs> uh, so there are tons of avenues out there for formal training. Yeah. And then the last one, which kind of goes into the same bucket as training, but coaching, this is going to be either group coaching and group training from people who are again, selling you stuff on a specific topic, ideally, but also solo coaching. And realistically, you could hire anybody you wanted to coach you. If there are, if there is somebody out there that you respect, that you want to learn from, you might just be able to pay them for their time in order to help you change whatever it is you want to change or improve in your life. And I think that one is super underutilized as well, that I love being able to reach out to people and ask for help. And especially when it comes in sort of a formatted longer term relationship where people are really structured in the way that they help you, that is huge. But again, it takes a lot of humility to go to somebody and say, Hey, I want help in this specific area. And I think you're the person for the job to help me. But that's yeah. the kind of open-mindedness you need to have. Yeah, 100%. Uh, the, the way I would uh, do like coaching versus formal training, look at it as coaching as long-term. Formal mm -hmm. training is yeah. short-term. Yeah. Uh, if you're going to have a coach, you, you probably want to keep them around long-term, especially if they're the right fit for you. Uh, yep. just, wa just watch out. If you hire Goggins as your coach, you might be running every four hours. <laughs> <laughs> so, I well... I know we got to go. <laughs> my, my TikTok's been blown up with Goggins crap since that podcast. Thank you're you. You're actually on your TikTok? That's yeah. Surprising. Well, how about, do you want to, let's just get right into how people can find us. I mean, this is, this is pretty much it. Education never stops. There's different skill set buckets that you need to focus on and you need to focus on all of them. There's a million different sources out there. Most of them accessible through the internet. It's an amazing resource that we even didn't have access to 20 years ago, make the most of it. You are never done learning. You're never the at your peak and there's always more that you can improve on and this is how you do it. And this is how you keep raising standards as part of the driven mindset. And so with that, Dan, I'll let you take it away. Yeah, we are sponsored <laughs> by We Are Driven, um, our motivational brand behind this podcast. Uh, we have a few different ways that you can help yourself with motivation and your pursuit of excellence in business, fitness, and your passion. Uh, we have a free Discord server. Uh, Rune loves to wake up super early and send a, a kick-ass message to set your day off right. Uh, so if you if you like to read those, um, feel free to reach out and we can get you into that that Discord server. Um, we're online, Instagram, wearedriven.co, YouTube uh TikTok via runes personal page um 
lot of Instagram reels. Uh, we have top, we have a top level coaching accountability private Discord group uh, that is subscription based called the Discord. Or, Jesus, <laughs> it's called it the called? Driven Network. Uh, we talked about it a few times already. Yeah, oh my God, I can't speak. It's it's four thirty p.m. It's I'm losing brain power. Good morning. Uh, <laughs> yeah, good morning. Uh, yes, we have a top level coaching accountability private Discord group called the Driven Network, and uh, if you join that. Um, there's plenty of members where you can bounce ideas off of, uh, give some issues. Maybe they have some solutions for you. You can just be in there and BS and guess what car is going to sell for it at auction every day. <laughs> um, there's also a Wednesday call where Rune will give a lecture and then, uh, all the members will give like wins and losses on their goals. Uh, it's a really awesome, awesome group. Uh, you, you want to accomplish goals in your life. This is a place for you. Hundred percent. Uh, represent your drive. Wear our apparel. We've got um, we've got t-shirts, hats. I just got my new t-shirt from Arun. I hope he goes mass with hey. that one eventually. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he's got some really cool stuff, and I'm still banking on the hoodies come winter. Um, and then uh, Arun, where can I find <laughs> you? Where can you find me? Hmm, that's tough. I don't. I'm oh, sorry. Know. Where where can we find you? I'm kind of running away from you at all times. So, oh. no, uh, <laughs> uh, so my my Instagram and TikTok are at Arun D Kumar. I'm posting a lot on stories, but that's kind of it right now. I haven't been posting much on TikTok or Instagram, just with everything else going on and the fact that I just sit at my desk for a lot of the day. There's not a ton of content other than my general spoken word stuff that. You know, it's a good body of work we already got out there. Not too much additional that I want to say right now without getting better content producing equipment to really help capture audiences. And on Facebook and LinkedIn, I'm at Arun Kumar. And Dan is at Dan LaRue. Yeah, Dan Dan LaRue (laughs) on Facebook, LinkedIn. uh, Dan underscore LaRue on Instagram. DLaRue95 on TikTok. Uh, maybe I'll post there someday. I'd like to see that. I'd like, because you're going to post once and it's going to get like 50,000 views or something. Kind of like that, it, that it, reel that I shot for you did. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it, instant virality going on. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know, guys. I, like, I posted that on my own TikTok and got like a, I don't know, a tenth of the views that you got. <laughs> That's annoying. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I used the right hashtags. I don't know. You probably use the right hashtag. Anyways, if you enjoyed the podcast, please give us a review. Share this podcast with your friends, your coworkers, your co-founders, your gym buddies, your car club. Those are the kind of people that should be hearing this kind of stuff. And we appreciate you listening. So until next time, this has been Arun and Dan. Stay driven.